This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's just understanding that human beings are human beings are human beings. And if you can really internalize that, it leads you to be comfortable with many, many moments that are in the interview and outside of it. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Sticks and Stones podcast. If you're new here, welcome. My name is Stone Fredrickson, and on this show, I, I explore the different minds and lifestyles of very successful content creators and entrepreneurs to try to provide you with as much valuable information so that you could become successful. And today, we got a good one. Today, we are joined by Danny Miranda, one of my favorite podcasters. This guy is a beast. I mean, he started out for a couple years straight posting three podcasts a week with, and these aren't just like, you know, normal podcasts. These are with game changers, the Gary V's, the Tom Billu's, the Ali Abdals. We discover how he was able to start that, build that, do that, and why you should be doing the same um, in terms of everything, it, it, and it really just comes down to recording your conversations, putting them out there, and putting yourself out there, uh, which we get into a ton with this episode. So super excited for you guys to join in. If you guys are looking for a podcast episode to understand why to start a podcast, how to start a podcast, and what are the best practices when starting a podcast, this is the episode for you. Danny's podcast is one of the top 1% in the world um, and like I said earlier, he posted around three times a week doing this. This guy's insane. This guy has his energy, his motivation, his perspective is contagious. I'm really excited for you guys to tune into this one. Hope you enjoy. Check everything out in the description below. Check his podcast out in the description below. Check my socials out um, and everything will be down there. Thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you rate the podcast five stars. Hope you enjoy. Let's get into it. I'm excited for this episode because I'm going to... I'm going to try this new structure with you. As you could probably already tell, I'm already recording. Um, I want these to be more conversational and more organic. And this, that's why I'm trying to do this. Cause, um, one reason why I started podcasting was like, because I would have all these zoom calls with mm -hmm. very successful people all the time and I would record them, uh, because you know, there was a lot of knowledge and every single time I would w listen to them and watch them, they were fucking badass podcasts. Yeah. Um, and then I, I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and start a podcast because why not? And then uh, when I did that, the, the podcast just seemed a lot more interviewee. Uh, they weren't more organic and conversational. And so I think this would be uh, kind of kind of good for, for me, you, and also the audience. I want to really hammer down starting a podcast, why to start a podcast, uh, the benefits from it, the pros, um, how you started your podcast, creatives and all that sort of thing. Um, and then obviously how to grow a podcast too, because that's something I think I'll, I'll gain a lot of value from too. Ever since I was on your podcast, I started uh, listening to, to some of your episodes and it just, it, the, the flow is, is way better. Same thing with um, Tom, Tom Boyd. I mean, the flow is just way better. It's more organic, more conversational. When I listen to mine, it's a lot more interviewee, like I said. Um, but yeah, I mean, a huge win would just be inspiring others and, and showing others why to start a podcast. Totally. Yeah. That's awesome. Dope. And I, I love, Dope. I love the, the conversational flow aspect of it and the recording right away. I think what's so beautiful about having it recorded right away is like, there's a level of comfort that what we're showing is the real thing of like what people might see and you might edit out bits pieces here or there but it's like there's a certain level of like oh we're on a stage now that sometimes gets people when the record button's on and so i just appreciate your authenticity and yeah. trying to go there. yeah i like that input and it, i've even thought of um taking some of those google meetings that i've had with with some people 
and uploading them because yeah. they're just so they're such good conversations. Um, but I mean, I, I'm curious, like when you when you started your podcast was like like because I don't know what you were doing before you started your podcast, but like kind of like why'd you start a podcast? Like out of all things, why why a podcast? Yeah. So for me, it started because it was during quarantine and there was not a lot of social interaction in person, but there was so much social interaction happening on the internet. And so I would call people or I put out on Twitter, who wants to talk on the phone? I had 8,000 people who followed me from when I was doing e-commerce and drop shipping and documenting my progress on that. But I didn't really want to do that anymore. But I wanted to know more about the people who follow me. And so I got on the phone with probably 10, 20, 30 people. And people were like, man, that was the best conversation I had this month. And it was probably because it was the only conversation they had that month. But it was just like, it was such an enjoyable experience to get to know somebody at a deep level and to be able to just connect with another human being that it just led me to say like, why don't I record these? Like similar to you with the Zoom, Google Meets, it's like, yeah, I feel like it's a disservice to the world if I don't record these. So I kind of just submitted to that process. And during that time, during COVID as well, I was reading so many books, going so deep. And I was like, I would love to talk to some of these authors, not knowing that like in less than six months, I'd be interviewing some of these people and, you know, change my life from that perspective. But it was just, uh, it was just the most authentic to me. I didn't start the podcast so that I could be Joe Rogan or I could be Tim Ferriss or I could do, or I could be these people. I started it cause it was just like, I enjoyed having conversations and I wanted to have more of them. Yeah. I mean, that that's such a similar kind of story to me. It's just like having those conversations with people and um, gaining a lot of value out of them and then being like, heck, why don't I just, you know, give them to other people and possibly even make money in the future yeah. um, or turn into the top 1% podcast. Um, but so when you started out, did you like get a, get a good microphone? Did you like, what was like the creative process? Like, did you yeah. get a Riverside and that all, everything like that? So I s said to myself, how can I make this as easy as possible? So for the first 40 episodes, this wasn't a conscious decision, but I was like, let me just record audio only similar to the phone calls on Skype. And let me just post those. And let me do that until it feels like I can take the next step. And so I had a microphone, a Blue Yeti microphone, which I, I do not recommend people check out. Like, don't get that mic. It's, it's awful. But it was just a good thing for me to start with. And I think my friend James McKiven, a great podcaster, he's got a website called don'tbuyayeti.com where he gives you other options. So you could check that out for if you don't want to. If you want to figure out what you want to buy to start. But for me, it was just like, let's make this as easy as possible. Uh, I knew that I could spend weeks on the name. I could, you know, procrastinate. I, I figured that a lot of people would fall into that trap. So I was like, let me record as many as possible. Before I had published one episode, I'd recorded 20, 20 episodes and they were only audio. So it was like, it wasn't that big of a deal, but, um, it was it was really helpful to just get get in the habit and groove of doing it. And I made the commitment. I said, I'm going to do 100 before I quit. I can quit after 100, but I have to give myself the shot of 100 episodes. I love that. I, I made the same commitment. <clears throat> um, but I'm curious, like, you had these phone calls. Did you kind of just do it with the same mindset of, like, I'm just going to have a phone call? Or did you, yeah. like, you do a little prep? Did you have, like, a script, questions, things like that? Yeah, great question. So at first I was like, yo, I could have a conversation on the phone. Like I've done that this amount of times. So I don't need to prep. I've, I'm inviting on people who I really want to know more about. So it should be good. But what I realized quickly was that the conversations that turned out the best objectively were the ones where I did a lot of prep. And so, so now it's like, okay, like, how can I get to know somebody at a deep level? If somebody's got years of content, how can I go back? How can I research them? 
but it started with that not that at all. My first episode is with a good friend of mine who we just shot the shit back and forth. And so I did that for the second and third. And then like the fourth, I was like, there's a difference between the fourth and the first. And it's like that difference is more research, more intent, having more of an intention going into the conversation. So just learning from the process. Well, yeah. And I feel like if that guest is like more uh, popular, has more social presence, it's probably easier to uh, do more research. I mean, I've I've even noticed that with some of my guests. I mean, one guest um, was very uh, anonymous, very, you know, uh, private, and it was yeah. very hard to get anything on them. And so, like, that whole podcast, like, the, you know, the first half was really just getting to know him and kind of getting his perspective on things and uh, investing in terms of crypto. Um, and then we kind of dove into uh, some of my questions that I that I had for him. Um, but it is it is you know, difficult to, um, find the research. I think it's easy when there's already podcast episodes of them out. Like, you know, for you, you have an entire podcast, but also you've been on other podcasts. So I can just listen to that. And when I listen to that, I'm like, okay, that's a great question that, you know, that podcaster asked, but I want to know this question. And so I'll jot that down. And so I'll try to figure out like unique questions that other podcasters aren't asking. Yeah, I think that's a great method. And one thing I also like to do is go back to old written content. A lot of the people that I talk to are writers or authors or tweeters. And so people love to hear their own writing heard back to them. And so I'll go back and I'll be like, well, on, on July 13, 2014, you said this or that. And it's really impactful for people. And it's, it's a good way to let them know and to wink at them. Like, yo, like I care about you at a deep level. And what's beautiful is you can do that just by listening. You can really care about somebody deeply by just making sure they feel heard, but you could also do that and kind of take the process down or, or speed up the process rather by getting the research element of it and opening up with like, this is what you did in this moment. And they're like, what the hell? Like, where did that even come from? And that just makes me so full of joy when I can do that to somebody. 100%. I mean, even when I was on your episode, you were asking me questions and I was like, no one has asked me that. Or, you know, I I went on another uh, podcast and uh, he was basically like saying my entire story back to me. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, you basically said it all. I mean, there's really nothing that else I could say. Um, but there's like, there's, there's just so many pros to a podcast. Um, you know, you got the conversation obviously, but it's, it's more of like networking. Like a lot of the guests that I'm getting, I would have not been able to network with and communicate with and just chop it up in the DMS with, if I didn't have that podcast and leverage that podcast and say, Hey, look, I want to get to know you record it and then promote it. And, and, you know, uh, also utilize my audience. I think, you know, <clears throat> me having, uh, already an audience, you know, uh, already helps and, and helps getting those, those guests. But I'm curious because I mean, you had some, uh, some sort of an audience on Twitter, but like if someone didn't have an audience, like how would, how would they, you know, probably get guests? How would they start? How would you, how would you go yeah. about that? So a couple of things. One is video messages. Authenticity through a video message is so powerful. And I guarantee if you go and DM me a video message of yourself, I'm going to at least open it. And granted, I'm not receiving thousands of, of messages a day, but to stand out in somebody's inbox, a video message. 100%. 100%. I got, uh, just speaking off of that, I got one guy that emailed me a Loom message and said, Hey stone, love what it is you doing on TikTok. I got this thing and that I want to promote more. I want to work with you. And I wasn't taking on any more clients at the time. Um, but I was like, you know what? I could probably squeeze them in here. So let's, yeah. let's meet and let's, let's chop them up because it's just, it's, it's, it's more authentic. I 100% agree with you on that. Yeah. And, and on that piece too, really making sure you reach out to guests who are authentic to you, who have made a deep impact on your life. If you can tell me, well, I listened to episode 154 with Tej Dosa 
and this is the way that I changed my life because of listening to this, you bet your ass I'm actually going to care about what you say and really think about it and really spend time with it because you took that time to listen and then instill something in your life. So making sure that it's authentic, it's real, and that you maybe have taken action on something in your own life based on that instance or based on a piece of content is super helpful for getting guests. Yeah. Uh, and that's another point that I, I wanted to ask you. Um, and you kind of answered it there. So you just, in terms of like picking the guest, you'll just pick a guest that's like curious, uh, that, that, that you're curious about that you want to learn more about, or like, what do you, what else do you look for in terms of like picking guests? Yeah. So <laughs> there, I look for a few different things. One is like good intent. Like, can I go through this person's content and can I see there's some good intent or there's some love that they're trying to give people or they really care about the other person? I think like that's that's really what I'm looking for. Another thing is longevity. And so like I give more credit to somebody if they've been putting out content for three years rather than one year because I say to myself, okay, this person has been playing the game longer and therefore they're more likely to play the game seven years from now. And I think I've also been good at spotting potential in people and spotting, you know, talent early on in someone's journey because I'm I'm able to look for that good intent. I just look for things that really resonate with me at a deep level. And that's just like helpful, useful content, people who are just good willed. And I I mean, I let the universe kind of tell me who to bring on, honestly. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you were you're you're hundred percent right when you you say that you're uh, you're good at finding potential. I mean, you were early on Gary V. Um, I mean, you were what fifteen years old? Yeah, thirteen years old. Thirteen. I'm, I'm sitting at the same desk right now that I wrote this blog post to Gary V. And I was thirteen years old writing a time management blog. This was like thirteen, fourteen years ago, and. He commented on it. He showed me some love in that moment. And then like I, I tweeted that that post out to him. I found it on archive.org, which like is a website scraper and you could see old blogs and all old blog posts and all old websites. And so yeah, I mean, that's how he came on the podcast because he saw the good intent for thirteen years. He said, Wow, this person wrote about me when he was thirteen years old. There must be something here. And so I think that just speaks to the longevity piece of getting guests and, and like getting guests on your podcast is a longevity piece. If you know, which I believe I'll be doing it for 10 years plus 20 years, 30 years, you know, like that's my intention with what I'm doing. So it's like, if a guest doesn't want to come on now, it's all good because there, there might be a moment five years from now where it makes more sense for them, where my audience is bigger, when they've seen me you know, ask them at year after year, they might be more inclined to give me that shot. So, so, so when it's a big player, I mean, cause you've, you've had some real game changers on your podcast when it's a big player that you think that they might not be inclined to get on. So like for me, <clears throat> you know, obviously I have a lot of people in mind, but I'm like, you know, maybe they they don't want to come on because it's not a big enough podcast or something like that. Do you wait or do you just shoot your shot right away or what? Yeah. So I'm a notorious shoot shotter or shotter shotter. I, I shoot so much because the reason why I do is, and a couple of things. One is like Twitter. Twitter allows you to just form a tweet very easily. Um, but two, I want to bring that moment up to somebody in seven years. Yo, look, Andrew Schultz, I wrote this post about you. You saw this post. I know you saw my story. And and so it gives, it's like if someone says no or doesn't acknowledge, but they see it, it they might not actually agree to it until the seventh time that you reach out to them or you contact them. And then that time they're going to be like, okay, fine, like I'm down. And doing it in like a, in not a way that annoys them, like, you know, maybe spend some time between, you know, reaching out. So, yeah, I mean, that's the reason why I, I'm so shameless and putting myself out there is because I, I know that I'm whole inside. I'm good. Like if Mike Posner comes on my podcast, great. If he doesn't also great. So if I know that to be the case, if I know that's really my truth, 
why wouldn't I just put out more shots and, and let him know that I want him on my podcast? Such a good point. And in terms of like following up, I I really saw the power of following up when um, I was listening to the Ice Coffee Hour with Graham Stephan. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of my you know favorite podcasts. And, They're great. Uh, yeah. And Jack, his assistant, he didn't um, you know meet Graham after about the ninth email that he wow. sent him. And so, you know, and then they went to, to, to lunch or something and then, you know, it kicked off from there. And so I was like, damn, you know, it's just following up and following up and just showing that you're, you're committed and that you want it. Um, but like you said, not being kind of annoying and doing it, you know, like every day, giving yourself some space. Um, and I, I really give a lot of respect to you for, um, you know, shooting your shot, uh, for these big big guys and getting them too. I mean, Tom Bilyeu, Ali Abdal, Gary V. I'm curious though, like when you, when you're interviewing those people and cause I mean, I've interviewed, you know, some, 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 I mean, not compared to Gary V, but some really cool, interesting guests. I get a little bit of nervous. Uh, I, I get some, some nerves. Yeah. I'm curious, like, obviously, you know, maybe you get nervous or not, but like what's, what's the prep too with that? Yeah, so you brought three people, and it's interesting to like look at those three people. I think of those three, I think I was most nervous for Ali Abdal, and the reason for that is because I'd been watching him most recently on YouTube, so I had a, like a parasocial relationship with him, and I had so many notes prepared, and so many notes prepared that it was like overwhelming myself to a degree. I wasn't able to become present with the conversation because I was just like, what am I going to ask next? What do I have prepared? And I was so in my head. And so that's an episode actually where like, if you listen to that intro, you'll be like, you'll hear me say like, I didn't think I was that present with this episode. And some people tweeted me and was like, yo, like I couldn't notice a thing. Like it sounded great. But I mean, I think that I realize and I ground myself with the belief and understanding that this is just a human being who wants to be validated, who wants to be loved, who wants to be understood. And if I am coming in with good intent, I know enough about their story and I've researched them enough to know that it'll all be okay. I can get myself out of bad situations. I can go down rabbit holes. I can figure things out. And so I have enough belief in myself and comfortability with the moment and not putting them too much on a pedestal that it allows me to ground myself. And the more you do them, the more you realize like Ali Abdal's got X number of million followers on YouTube. He's just a human being, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, same thing. He's just been doing business for 20 years and putting himself out there for 15, you know, like. I'm curious to get your take on like the quantity aspect because it's the same thing with like any other social media platform too, especially with TikTok. It's like um, in the beginning, I, I really recommend people to put out as much, you know, content as they possibly can with still being able to put out content the next day and the next day and staying consistent because consistency is key. But I mean, like, <clears throat> do you recommend just pumping out as many as you possibly can or like, focusing on consistent, like what was your kind of your mindset around that? Yeah. So I started doing three a week and I think in the past like three months or so I've gone to two a week. And the reason for that is (laughs) the reason for that is so that I can spend more time promoting. And I really, I really wish that I could have the pre-production like somebody could do that for me and the post-production, someone could do that for me. Cause what I really enjoy is having conversations like this and, but you know, no complaints at all on my end. I'm just grateful to be able to do it. But I mean, what I realized going starting was like, I need to put my reps in. I need to get good at this craft. If I want to do this. And I, I realized very early on that I really enjoyed this. And my personality is like, I enjoy it. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to, attack this. If I don't enjoy it, I don't really have time for it. But if I enjoy this, this is going to be, I'm going to really focus on this because, you know, 
I follow the joy in life. And so this was a thing of real joy for me. And so, you know, Kamal Ravikant, the guy who wrote, writes the book that changes my life, love yourself like your life depends on it. I'm talking to him and he's like, dude, how are you doing three episodes a week? That's incredible. Like, I'm just sitting there like, oh, Kamal, I would have three conversations a week with you any day. You know, like, it's like having conversations with your heroes for me and, and people who I really respect and admire. That's not work. That's not difficult. That's not a job. That's enjoyment. That's excitement. That's, you know, helping people live better lives and helping me live a better life. So I think I just, when people are starting out, it's like you have to think about your own journey. Do you want to be the best podcaster in the world? Then you're going to have to do more podcasters. You're going to have to do more podcasts, rather. Like, if you want to just have a podcast, talk to some interesting people, and that's it. Like, do one a week. Do once every every month. Like, whatever. But it's just like, the more seriously you take something, the more you're going to get out of it yourself. When I think it's like, well, 100%. And I think it's like your perspective on it, too. It's like you didn't really dwell on the production, the the pre-production, right. the editing, all of that. You focused on the conversation and doing what you loved, which is having that conversation. And everything else will just, you know, you'll do because yeah. you know that it's part of the process. And I think that's the same thing with TikTok when I inspire others to create content. I'm like, you know, I, I explained to them that, you know, you can create content around whatever you like doing and make money and have a positive impact on the world and maybe work with brands that you really love and that you use. And I always get the same response. It's like, yeah, it sounds great. You know, it sounds wonderful, but you got editing, you got commitment, you got consistency. It's like, once you do it multiple times, it becomes second nature. And it's just, it's just, you just flow through it. But you know, like now, and like when you, you grow, you, tend to do less work because mm. you have more money, you have more impact. You can maybe outsource that, you know, to, uh, an editor or a VA, or I'm curious to, to know it. Are you still a one, one show man or a one man yeah. show so, or what? Yeah. So I no. So I've, I've worked, I'm working with this great editor, video editor, who's helping me do some intros and helping me do, uh, some video editing and it's been a godsend. It's like an area where, even if I tried and committed myself for a year, I still wouldn't be able to get the level yeah. of output he does. So it's it's incredible what what this guy does. Is is he um, also like clipping them up in terms of the TikTok clips? And is that where you're really focused on in terms of like promoting it? Yeah. So I have him. I give him like specific timestamps, and then he goes wild and creates an awesome clip and. It's, uh, it's awesome. That's, yeah, that's perfect. And that's what, um, my editor does, uh, because I'm, I'm trying to find ways and I want to get your two cents on this, like to, to promote my podcast. Um, because I obviously have a, a, a large following and I'm trying to get them to, um, you know, listen and watch. And, um, you know, obviously a, a good amount of them are, but I would, I would obviously like more. Um, so, you know, have you figured out maybe some ways to like promote other than the, the short clips? Yeah. So one thing that worked for me was writing threads. I know like I saw a huge bump when I had one thread go viral. Um, but you know, I I've been writing for 10 years. So, and, and like not everyone that I write goes viral by any means. So that, that was one thing that, that certainly helped me, but I sent my editor, clips of your podcast. I was like, yo, this is awesome. We should try doing this. So I, I don't know. I think it's, it's not something I figured out at all, but yeah. it's something that I'm constantly trying to learn and get better at promotion, the promotion. Yeah. And I think, I just think over time, um, it, it'll, it'll just gain more and more traction. I mean, obviously, especially with, with YouTube, yeah. um, I forgot what his name was. The the guy at uh, Sean Correll at Think Media said it perfectly. He said a YouTube video is like an asset. You make it once, and that thing's gonna grow for years and years and years yes. uh, if you if you produce it right. I mean, even probably your your uh, you know podcast from six twelve months ago are still getting some views, still getting some traction. One thousand yeah. percent. And on that point, YouTube itself 
has noted a couple of times that they are focusing more on you on podcasts and they're going to make that a, a huge point of emphasis over the coming decade. So that's just exciting as a fellow podcaster to hear. Yeah. I mean, and even with like, I mean, TikTok, it's, you have some delayed exposure, um, especially when people start to follow you. That's mm-hmm. a sign to TikTok and, and TikTok will start to, you know, shove more of your content in front of their feed. Um, and maybe, you know, that, that podcast clip, you know, gets in there and, and you get some more traction there. Um, but I'm also curious because I saw you on Instagram, uh, do an IRL podcast and I'm going yes. to California in uh, you know, a few months and, uh, a lot of other creators are going to be there thinking of doing some, some, uh, you know, in real life podcasts, I'm curious to get your thoughts on like, you know, those rather than the, the zooms, um, how would you kind of set that up? Are you trans transitioning to that? Things like that. Yeah. So dude, I'm so stoked to do in-person podcasts. Like it's a game changer, the way in which the energy is different, how you're sharing a space together, how you can cut somebody off and it's not rude and how you can hear and feel someone's energy so much better. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited to hear how that goes for you. I rented out studios and one time actually Noah Kagan let me use his studio, which was incredibly nice of him. And, but the studios that I rented out were phenomenal. Like you switch when someone's speaking, it goes from this person to this person. It just gets me so excited because the way I explained it to people was like, imagine you're a musician practicing your craft in your parents' house, and then you eventually go to the studio. It's like a whole new experience and how it's truly how I feel doing it. Um, and so I've, I'm so excited. I got Nima, the a Gary V impersonator. He's, we're doing a studio episode. Nate O'Brien, who you might be familiar with, doing a studio yeah. episode. Um, that's so, that's awesome. Pages. That's awesome. Yeah, like it's just so exciting for me because you were talking about networking before. If you think you get networking benefits from doing it with somebody on, on online, it's like another level when somebody feels your energy and feels your intent and is able to really see like, oh, this is a a good person. Like you could feel somebody being a good person. Uh, I feel like I can at least. And so yeah. it's uh it's awesome to to really do. Yeah, I mean and I feel like it's more more organic and more authentic too. Um especially I saw a couple um podcasts from the Full Send podcast and I love how they just roll um before so they good. even get there. Yes. And they just sit down and have a convo and then the the guest comes in, the guest is like, "Oh, we're rolling." And they're they're like, "Yep." You know, and so it's 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 cool and I I had this um, kind of idea because obviously I'm in Arizona, not a lot of people are here. Um, so maybe, you know, people would have to fly out or maybe I'd have to fly out to other people. And I, I was kind of get, I, I like this, this mindset of doing, uh, it like this, because I have done it with a lot of other kind of projects that I've done with, with content in terms of like, I'm not going to go IRL and turn in, in until, the podcast can pay for that. Mm. So what I mean by that is maybe I have a sponsor or someone that could fly that guest out and then, uh, you know, have an IRL podcast. I, 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 uh, I did that with, with my TikTok. I said, I'm not going to make an investment and get a, get a ring light or a mic until it can pay for itself. Same thing with the podcast. Um, and so I think going about that also like gives you a reward for you putting out and producing that content. And so, you know, that's going to be a badass reward, you know, do some IRL podcasts, get some sponsors on board. It's a win-win around everyone. You know, the sponsor gets probably some more traction because it's, it's a, you know, IRL podcast and those seem to perform a little bit better. Um, but yeah, dude, it, it, you know, the, just the, I, I feel like the in-person uh, conversations are, are a lot better and they always say, you know, the best podcasts are, are the ones that are not recorded. Mm-hmm. And so like, even, even when I'm, you know, having convos with my dad or with my brothers or just with anyone, um, in person, it's just, it's 10 times better. Yeah. I would also encourage people to literally when, when you're having a conversation with a friend or family, literally get the phone out and press the record on the voice note. 
because it is such a simple way to have precious memories and like anyone can record a podcast with their significant other, with their family, with their friends. It's literally just about making the effort and having the idea in your head to do it and asking people like, yo, is it cool if we record this? Like, I just want to have this memory. Like, I think this would be awesome. Um, yeah, some, I think you that... know, some, some yeah. of my family members have told me like, no, I don't want this recorded. Like, and I'm like, that's cool. You know, but it's, I want to record more because the memories of, of the moments and the voices are so important to me. 100%. And I was going to ask you, because I know a couple of people that don't like to be on camera or when they're on camera, they, you, you could tell they just talk differently. They act yeah. differently. So like, how would you kind of go around that in terms of, of recording it? And that was a good point where you just said, it, just being like, I just want to record it for the memes, you know, yeah. <laughs> just, just to have, just to, to go back. And, um, now that I'm thinking about it, when I'm doing these zoom calls and just saying, Hey, uh, you mind if I record this, you know, just in case, you know, we spit some value and we need to come back and they're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I rewatch them, they're just, they're awesome conversations. Um, and so that's why I'm super excited to, you know, do this new structure with you in terms of like that authentic, just go out and record. Yeah. And, and to the, to the family, I think it's just like, there are so, when we look back at our lives, it's just going to be like the things that we're most proud of and the things we're most excited by are often going to be the littlest moments, the quote unquote littlest moments with family and friends. At least that's how I think about it. Like, wow, that time in, in college at that party, we could have done that for no money. We were just sitting around. Yeah. You know, it was just like the little moments of of life are so profound. And so I don't know, I think the iPhone and I don't know about other phones, but I know the iPhone gives you the ability to do that basically in any moment. And so I I just want to encourage more people to record those because, you know, it really is giving significance to the moment. And giving significance and and the thing is also when this equipment gets involved we sometimes are less authentic even if we're not even noticing it's like you put a microphone in people's face and they're like oh i gotta present i gotta be this person i gotta yeah. change but if you just do it with the phone that you can't even really see it's covered below something or just like on the counter like that could allow a more authentic expression of who someone truly is yeah. And even, or even just recording a ton of them and just storing them. And mm -hmm. then I, I, uh, I thought of this one time of when I, when I started YouTube was to just record a ton of YouTube videos and put them as private and just, yes. I'm not even going to post them. I'm just going to yeah. save them as private and then upload them and then just upload them. Because yeah. when I'm doing them, I'm like, well, this is not going to be, you know, shown to people. People are not going to listen to it. People are not going to watch it. Um, this was when I was in, you know, gaming because I was so afraid. I had so many insecurities of like my hockey teammates, you know, chirping me up. Um, and so that's what I do. I would, I would just record them all, and they were really good, you know, entertaining videos. Um, and then just one day, I would just hit public instead of private, and yeah. you know, and it just it makes the uploading process a lot easier too. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never heard of that before, but it makes sense because you're taking one step at a time. And you're not mm -hmm. forcing it. One thing that I'm so grateful for is my my grandpa doing so many home movies for us, literally recording so many different moments and memories. He didn't want to post it anywhere. He doesn't want to show anyone. It was literally just for us and just for him. And I just thought there was something so beautiful, so, something so wholesome, something so precious about that. But, you know, I also know, like, there is one video that I shared and put on YouTube and what do we do as a family? We reference that video that's posted more times than anything. And and it's pretty crazy if you think about it. It's like just by virtue of putting it on YouTube, it retained more mindshare than all of the other videos that we have in our family catalog combined. And so if you really think about what that means, just publishing, just having a place where a video can live at an actual home that other people can see creates some sort of connection in people's minds that allows it to live and stand the test of time. 
I posted that video in 2010. It's still getting talked about and brought up to this day. And so, and, and within our own family. And so that's why I'm so passionate about putting out podcasts, putting out YouTube videos, all this stuff. It's like, imagine the people who will discover Stone and Danny 10 years from now. And we'll be like, yo, those two guys recorded a podcast together in 2022. Are you kidding me? And if you're watching this in 2032, I so much love to you. Like I, it's crazy <laughs> because I know there is one person who's watching this in 2032. So it, it's wild, man. The, yeah. the world we are living in is truly wild. Well, and that's, that's when I really realized the power of content creation because I started my Stone Fredrickson account on TikTok uh, with just the mindset of, wow, money, you know, compound interest, building wealth. These are all important aspects of life and, and especially to teenagers because they have, you know, one advantage that they would never get for the rest of their life in terms of investing and that is time. And so more, I believe more, you know, more teenagers and young adults need to know about this stuff. Um, and so that's when I was like, well, how do I get this message out? Oh, content. And so that's when I started on YouTube. But one of my friends said, you know, get on TikTok. So I started on TikTok and then grew this thing just like that. I mean, 50,000 followers, less than two months. And I was like, wow. I mean, I'm meeting with very successful people. I'm getting DMs. I'm getting uh, 14, 15 year olds saying that I've changed their life. I'm like, all right. Like, uh, you know, and then I'm telling my friends, I'm telling the, my coworkers, Hey, you know, start, start a TikTok, like <laughs> start creating content. Like you can make a huge impact on the world. You know, it, it may, it might not be within this year. It might not be within the next five years, but if you just keep at it, like you don't even understand the results. And, and one thing too, I thought, especially in terms of starting this podcast was not even half the world has access to the internet. I mean, like there's just so many people out there and all you need is, you know, a thousand, 2000 raving fans to make a full-time six figure income out of all of this, yeah. but more importantly, a huge positive impact. Um, and so that's when I started coach stone because I was like, I just want to inspire others to, to become creators and take advantage of this opportunity and, um, tell them to, and show them to, to start now, because I've always had the thought in my mind of like becoming a content creator and starting to create content, but really didn't really get serious about it. Cause I didn't know if it was like, you know, stable or not. But, um, I think it's, it's important for me as an 18 year old that really took advantage of this opportunity to, to share my message. Um, and for others, for other creators to do it as well. Um, but also, you know, I, uh, back when I said I, I watched the ice coffee hour, uh, one thing that I really loved about them was they would always talk about finance. They would always talk about money, you know, and, and normalizing money. And that's kind of one thing that I wanted to implement in this show. Um, and so I kind of wanted to just get your take on, you know, just what you do for, for money. Uh, because I, I'm curious if you're, you're doing the podcast full time or if you maybe got a, got a job of some sort. Yeah. So zero dollar or $200 made from the podcast in some at this moment, how I made a crazy amount of money was through NFTs and I got hooked up on NFTs in, um, really may of 2021. So literally a year ago, basically today, um, I bought a V friend and wow. you know, put down four or $5,000 and watched it shoot up to like a value of like 60, 70 K. Um, I sold it around 40 K. I also invested in like 200 Gary V books, which, you know, netted me like some like $20,000 from the NFTs that I got as a result of that. So yeah, that's how I've been doing everything for the pie. I haven't spoke much about this. Like, I don't know why exactly. Like, I don't really like want to promote, like, this is how you can or should or go about making money. It's just kind of something that lucked into my lap. I was working a, a part time job um, last summer, like, at photo booths and stuff. That was just a cool way to meet random people and, like, stay social and connected 
Um, and now I'm like thinking about like what other jobs can I get that are in the creator economy world while still allowing me to do my podcast and that align with my talents. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at and what I've been up to for the past year money wise. That's awesome. I think, well, I think there's a lot of opportunity, especially for you in terms of the creator economy and making money, but I'm curious on why, um, you haven't really monetized the podcast. Yeah. So a couple of different reasons. One is that it's not a niche. Like it's the best way to grow the podcast would be like, yo, I'm Danny Miranda and this is advice you, you preach. And I talk about X, Y, or Z, but I'm kind of playing the game right now of like, yo, I like meditation. I like fitness. I like content creation. I like NFT. Sometimes I like this. I like that. And like, there's no one person who the podcast is made for. It's made for myself. And so that makes it very difficult to one, grow an audience and two, monetize the audience because the people who the companies will be like who who actually listens to this so yeah that's um that's been one thing holding me back from from the monetization of the podcast yeah that's a good point but i but i love how um you are the niche you are the content i mean yes. um uh, obviously a lot of big mainstream entrepreneurs the bradley's the gary v's are the content are the niche you know, they're talking about so many things, you know, the NFTs, yes. the garage sales, uh, the marketing. Um, and that's one thing that I want to build up to in terms of like having someone follow me, you know, do everything that I do. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I, I love that how you did that in terms of podcasts. So just like, I don't want to niche down. I want to just, you know, uh, do everything. And, you know, that's obviously uh, a longer road because obviously a lot of people don't understand really what they're going to gain. Um, so it's going to take, you know, a little bit longer for growth. Um, and that's why I recommend to niche down for other people because for a lot of people, if they don't see that growth right away, because a lot of people are so impatient, if they don't see some sort of growth right away, they quit and they're like, well, this is, this is a scam, you know? And so I think, um, you know, even the best players, you know, we mentioned Gary Vee a ton in this podcast, but even him, he he niched down in the beginning. He was really totally. big on wine and then he he branched out over time, but he was consistent at it. Like if you're really serious about content creation and like taking this to the next next level, like you just got to be consistent and have like a 10 year outlook on it. Exactly. And I believe that I it, it would be very difficult for me to be consistent if I was just the meditation guy or if I was just the content creation guy, you know, so I'm playing to my own strengths and knowing that it's a 10 year game and also aligning with my own purpose. It was, it's very, it was very easy for me to be consistent when I felt called to do the work. When I realized by me putting out podcasts, it wasn't just having a podcast. It was having a conversation. It was getting to know someone's soul at a deep level. And so because of that, it, it, it was a lot easier for me to put one step in front of the other. So yeah, it's a 10 year game minimum. Well, I mean, it's self-awareness too. I mean, for you to be self-aware and say consistency is key, but I can't be consistent if I'm just talking about one single thing, that's huge, you know? And, um, I I think, I mean, self-awareness with anything is huge. I mean, especially with just being happy, like being happy is just knowing yourself yes. at the at the end of the day. Yes. It's just knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses, knowing what you like, what you don't like, what you're doing, um, who you're hanging around with, who makes a positive impact on your life, who doesn't, yeah. you know, that's all it is. And, and for you to be self-aware in that fact, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. But I mean, it took me yeah. a long time to do and to get to that place. And it, I would say it's probably 24 years of my life or maybe like 15 from 10 years old to 15 of 10 years old to 25 rather of like trying to get to know myself at a deep level. And then I started to meditate. I started to go inward. I started to do yoga. I started to do things that I otherwise would have rejected. And I started to get to know myself at a much deeper level than I did previously because I I was living the, the life of what I thought other people thought was cool, which is very common for people to do. And, and it was just like, upon reflection, upon going 
and looking at myself like, what do I care about? Like, what really lights me up? Why am I not doing that? And so, yeah, I was somebody who was deeply influenced by other people's perspectives and did that. And so um, the journey to get to this point of self-awareness has been a journey and has taken me a long time to do. So just want to put that out there. No, I mean, that's that's huge. What was that turning point? Like, what was that? When was that when you were like? shit, I'm doing something that I don't actually like and that I'm just trying to to please people and to, you know, get people or, or that I think, you know, people like. Yeah. So I was doing this e-commerce job and I started graduated college. I do drop shipping, make a bunch of money doing drop shipping, get hired by a company that was my friend's company. It was an easy job, well, well paying. And I didn't enjoy it at all. But everyone from the outside was like, yo, that job's sick. Like, you're killing it. You're out in San Diego. You're out with your friends. Like, this is cool. And inside, I was like, I don't feel good about this. This doesn't feel aligned. This doesn't feel right. And so in San Diego, they got a big yoga culture. And in San Diego, I started meditating for the first time. And I was like, oh, like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to quit doing this. And I was like, maybe I'll be a personal trainer. And it eventually just led to me putting out content online, starting the podcast and getting into NFTs, you know? That's fascinating. I wanna um I wanna stick on kind of the the investments and, and money subject for a little bit here. I mean, because you've interviewed some some real legends, like we discussed earlier, and some very wealthy people. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious on, on what you have learned in terms of like investing and building wealth. Um from from maybe just interviewing them and and consuming you know different resources and and uh you know information yeah i mean i don't know if i'm the best person to ask about this because i don't i don't focus a lot on investing and maybe that's a good place for me to for me to to challenge myself on um but in terms of building wealth i mean what i get from people is like like what what i would say is like what the first thing that comes to mind is the cliches of like, you know, like these people are, were in it for long time horizons. Like you need at least 10 years in a, in a thing to get wealthy, um, from doing a company or a personal brand or whatever it may be. It's like, it's always 10 years. Like look at anybody and it's always 10 years at least. Um, and just, yeah, I mean, another thing that, that comes to mind is just like, people's willingness to to start small and just build from there it's like you look at someone like hold on one sec you look at someone like gary v and he is like doing garage sales at 10 11 12 and like that was just like i think a lot of things a lot of the first thing that comes to mind is about how it not being above you like anything any craft it's all learning lessons it's all building blocks it's like you wanted to start a podcast you didn't think it was above you to do it over riverside or to just do it over zoom or just record it like so i think that applies to investing as well where it's like all right just invest a little bit like just set up an auto pay for your crypto or set up an auto pay for a stock or an index fund like that's that's what comes to mind for me 100 percent, and those are all good points i mean even uh the long-term vision of having 10 20 30 plus years um and to really understanding what you are investing in Mm -hmm. so that way no matter what happens to the price you're still going to invest into it Mm -hmm. because you're confident you've done the you've done the work you've done the research you understand what it is you understand how it makes money you understand why people like it why people use it um, and so that's why you continue to invest into it. And especially with, um, a market dip like this, yeah. you know, that's, that's very crucial, you know, because there's a lot of, uh, FUD fear, uncertainty, and doubt, um, when, it, when it comes to some of these projects or some of these companies, um, but the ones that have put in the time and the research are continuing to invest and take advantage of this opportunity and, and get, um, you know, that asset at a, a, at a discount. Yeah. And on that kind of, I want to, I think the most important investment as cliche as it sounds is like yourself, like you are an asset as well. And you are an asset that needs to be valued. 
And it's like, sometimes I, I think about like, am I, am I investing in myself enough? Excuse me. Phone ringing, baby. <laughs> All good. <laughs> um, but yeah, just investing in yourself is so important. And I think that um, we just, I just want to push that for myself even more. And that's why I bring it up. Oh, 100%. I think uh, even a lot of people that ask me at school, like, hey, how do I start investing? Or, you know, I got some, I got a couple extra hundred bucks, you know, you know, where should I put it? And my my first thought is is always into yourself. I mean, because right. you put a hundred bucks into an index fund and earn 10%. I mean, you're only making like 10 bucks a year, right? You're, you're making nothing, you know? Right. And so, but if you put that into yourself, you, you buy a course, you buy a book, you buy a, a, a mentor, you learn, uh, you know, monetizable skills, you gain knowledge, you gain connections, as Tom Bilyeu says, you know, yeah. uh, gain knowledge and connections, because those are going to stick with you for the rest of your life, money will come and go. Mm. Um, but mon but knowledge and connections will monetize forever. And so if you can, you know, just go and, and uh, invest the energy and time into yourself to work for someone for free and, and gain those knowledge and, and, and connections uh, that will serve you in the future, you're way better off and you're gonna probably, you know, 100X your, your income, your money, uh, and then you can put that into investments. I mean, because every millionaire, billionaire will tell you that their first $100,000 million, $10 million were the hardest, but everything after that was 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 easier because everything just compounds. They put that into an asset and it just compounds, compounds, compounds. So I think those are all great points in terms of investing. You know, think long term, know what you're investing into. Um, invest into yourself, though, is is is, is key. Um, and one more thing on that point. Um, yeah. A quote is coming to mind of if you want money, ask for advice. If you want advice, ask for money. And so it's like with connections, the, the amount of job offers I've basically got because I'm just asking people for advice and asking people for you know their own perspectives has been a crazy amount. And it's just by virtue of doing the podcast, I'm not going to these high profile people and being like, yo, can I get a job? Yo, can you give me money? Yo, like that doesn't work as well because everyone's doing that. But if you ask people for advice and if you can get in the room with people and and really make an impact on the way they think and and make have questions that really make them think a lot and and, and shape their world in some way they're going to be like wow this kid's pretty smart how can we get him hooked up in some way so yeah that's just yeah, a little bit i love that that i think that's a great uh great way to end the podcast you know to just provide value and and, and um show people how you can provide value that's that's amazing do you have anything you have anything for me danny now, nah, man, I just want to thank you for just being vulnerable and open and willing to share your journey. I, I You had a post on TikTok recently about how you were putting yourself on a pedestal by creating content and blowing up real quick. And just that ability to be transparent and vulnerable and open is something that I wish I had it at your age. I was, you know, I had Nick's blogs. I had Nick's blog when I was 15. I at other blog when I was 13 and I stopped doing those. And one reason I stopped doing those was because I didn't have a lot of self-awareness and ability to really see how what I was doing was impacting me and friends and shaping that relationship. So you talking about that was really warming for my younger self and it was just really cool to see. So thank you for well, being here, bro. Keep going. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, it's just, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I figured that uh, a lot of people look up to me in terms of the creator space, and I tell a lot of people to to be transparent and to show the struggles and the achievements. Um, and so, you know, for me to to show that, I, I feel like is just is is needed. Um, but also, I feel like you know, like you said earlier, we're all just we're all just humans. You know, a lot of people they they look at the follower count and they're like, "Wow, he's so above me." Yeah. You know, but it's just like, no, we're all going through the same struggles, um, and you know, or maybe they're a little bit different, but we're all struggling at some point. And so, I think it's 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 super key for a lot of creators to be self aware and to understand, you know, 
what they know, but also what they don't know and being transparent with their audience and not acting as if they're the expert, but also, you know, uh, that they're not always succeeding all the time and that they're struggling because I think, uh, what we're going to see in this new wave, this next wave of, of, content and social media is transparency. I mean, rather than the perfection Instagram, you know, models and everything like that. Guides, not gurus. I, I love that <laughs> phrase from Ali Abdal that I've heard before. So good, man. You're crushing. I'd yep. love to see that. Like just the Thank way you, you're approaching it. Thank you. Well, that's going to do it all for today's episode of the Sticks and Stones podcast. Thank you for watching and listening. Uh, make sure you check out Danny's links all in the de uh, description down below. Make sure you tune in to next episode uh, next week. We got a huge game changer. Commercial real estate icon Mikey Taylor will be stopping by, um, and you're not going to want to miss it. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, share with everyone you know, and hit that bell so you get notified when that next episode is coming out. Uh, check out all my socials in the description as well, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. You're welcome.